We the... do slap each other on the butt <clears throat> a lot, and we had to... We have to tell KJ to stop doing Yeah, that. we had to tell KJ to stop slapping people on the butt. <laughs> Society's family unit is in crisis as less and less people are making the commitment of a lifelong partnership together. It has been normalized, encouraged, and easier than ever to just throw in the towel when the going gets tough. With time at a premium, start by spending 20 minutes per week gaining thought-provoking inspiration towards a journey of self-improvement, ultimately improving your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. Is communication overrated? Most relationship advice suggests improving communication. What makes it good or makes it bad? And what do you need to consider about the other person? Today, we are going to talk about quality over quantity and how effective communication can be vital to a thriving relationship. We also will touch on a couple of famous tools available that can certainly support improving your relationships and your interactions. Communication and admiration are hallmarks of a good relationship. If that's the case, then why is it so hard to achieve good communication? Communication is key in relationships because people aren't mind readers. What? <laughs> this is important because many people fall into the trap of thinking that they are in love and they don't need to work on their interactions. The relationship may start great and you don't need to work on things like improving communication. Once the quote-unquote in love feeling wears off, we may suddenly realize that we haven't developed good means of communicating with each other. Is all communication good? The frequency of communication isn't necessarily as important as the quality of the communication. We could communicate about frivolous things all day, but never get to anything of value. And a good example would be if I sent you notifications of sports updates all day. <laughs> no, and... please don't. It's, yeah, <laughs> you need to limit those things because they're, they're not very meaningful. Nonverbal communication is important as well, and we have found challenges for both of us that we've had to improve. Some examples can include eye rolling, deep sigh, avoiding eye contact, crossed arms, etc. My biggest one is tone of voice, and this is one that can certainly do some damage, even though it may seem subtle. A good example in our case is that many of these things we don't realize we're doing. One that I'm bad about is avoiding eye contact. If I'm mad about something, I don't want to look at you. I don't want to really talk to you. It's something that we've caught on to even for ourselves. We, we catch ourselves doing these things and we've had to watch it just to make sure we're not um, making the bad situation worse. I think that people could probably agree of the <clears> two <throat> of us, I would probably have the more animated voice mm -hmm. and so that's why my tone of voice is my biggest thing it's sometimes not what you're saying it's how you're saying it especially when things are getting kind of rough we've discussed john gottman before and some of his methodology and he has some of the more famous programs and books and stuff out there many marriage therapists will use elements from the john gottman institute or they may follow the program, you know, really strictly in some cases. We have touched on this before, but today we're going to go back and revisit 
the five magic hours a little bit more. And we discovered this in our counseling, actually. Mm -hmm. We were doing this, but we didn't realize that it had a name. And one important point to make is when we when we were in counseling and and when we were realizing that we were doing this more, our schedules were completely different than they are now. And so I think that we can kind of talk a little bit about how they were when we were, I guess, the typical couple of working the nine to five job with children, a child at the time, and how our five magic hours are now that we're both home. We even realized it more so because we weren't doing them as much as we were before. Mm -hmm. And we did notice an effect. The five hours are basically your partings. These would be your warm farewells. This would be something like a affectionate kiss goodbye or, you know, the I love you before you leave. Mm -hmm. That was a big one for Allie, more so than I realized for quite a while. So it it's important. It may seem like a small little annoying thing. Like I got to stop and, and do that before I head out. Sometimes we're just in such a rush. You don't realize how that leaves that, that, that perception that um, it leaves on someone when you just leave kind of cold, like you just run out the door, you don't say anything. Bye, babe. It's yeah. And so, <laughs> For me, it was no, I'm, I get up, I meet my husband at the door I give him a kiss. I say, I love you. Have a great day. And then send him off. Ben always left the house before me. Now that we're both home, we actually do that too, to an extent, before you come downstairs. And you might only be downstairs for like 30 minutes versus being gone at your job for eight hours. But you say, I'm going to hop downstairs and get started. And okay, babe, love you. Have a good day. Yeah, and it, we even do it if one of us is heading to the store yeah, um, or heading out for a walk or it could be just running an errand. It really doesn't take much. This this will only take you about, I mean, a grand total of 10 minutes a week, and that's probably pushing it. You're, mm-hmm. you're looking at probably 30 seconds really quick to say I love mm-hmm. you. And, and this is not only a verbal communication, but also a nonverbal communication mm-hmm. is your partings. Yep. And it it goes right into the second one, which is greetings, the warm, affectionate goodbye. And then the same when you uh, come back together. And this can definitely be the time to give a quick, hey, glad you're home. And then you quickly give an update on how things went or what's going on. Right. And this, again, doesn't take long. This may take you a little over an hour a week, mm-hmm. all told, but you do this every time. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be a grand performance or anything that you put a lot of effort into. But we, we definitely noticed these two things are very simple. Mm-hmm. They don't take much time and they can have a big negative impact if you're not doing these. And when things were rough between us, we started not doing these and it, it made it worse. Yeah. And our, our greetings are reunions also. When we were working our nine to fives out of the home, we always met up at the gym after work. So our reunion time at the end of our workout, we would walk around the track for about 10 minutes or so and just kind of have a, a debriefing of our day. There's some to-dos in there. There's always going to be to-dos and, and checklists and stuff. But also, it was a great time for me to vent sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> about things going on. Obviously, the same with how we are now working from home. We 
reunite a lot throughout the day (laughs) and debrief throughout the day versus a a set time. Ben comes up for lunch and it's, hey, babe, how's it going? You know, and this is, are you hungry? This is probably a great time for those, those tasks or those to-do lists or Mm -hmm. just a quick download on like the highlights or lowlights of the day. The fifth magic hour, which I guess we could, we could go to this one first is actually to have a weekly date. That's where you take the time to connect on a more meaningful Mm -hmm. level. And this is something that we've talked about a lot is that we got stuck in the rut of doing just the quick to-do list, talk about the kids, talk about work. And that was all we usually had time for. We never got past the bills and the housework and stuff with friends and everything else to make sure that we were connecting with each other. We want to talk about real stuff that's happened today. What's on your mind? What What's happening inside your head? What do you want to do? Are you communicating your goals to each other, your desires, the things that really make you tick? Or are you just going over the high-level to-do list every day? Because that can really put you in a rut. Yeah, and I think that you and I need to get better about planning it out. We don't necessarily have a date once a week. This doesn't have to be you need to buy a babysitter and go do something. It could be you just stay home and you sit and watch a movie together or you play a board game. But I think that we do this more throughout the week, um, especially after dinner. You and I tend to maybe stand in the bedroom and fold some laundry and talk about something a little bit more deep and meaningful at Mm -hmm. that time. I think that we should get better about planning it a little more often. I, I would say we probably have a date night once a month. Yeah, a real date night that requires a couple hours of, mm-hmm. you know, dinner and going and doing something. Sad truth is, it could be, it could be anything. You could go shopping without the kids for just a short time, and that can be mm-hmm. somewhat revitalizing. Just to have that time to do something together without all the, the other distractions in the way. Yeah, I don't think date night has changed <clears throat> much uh, from when we were nine to five versus when we're working from home. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing that I was going to say is that you and I don't really spend a lot of time apart aside from working. In the evenings, we don't go our separate ways. After the kids go to bed, we are downstairs together. And we might be working, you know, side by side, but we are not apart. And that is something that has dramatically changed since the beginning of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Whereas it used to be, you're in the living room watching TV, I'm in the bedroom watching TV, watching crappy trash TV that I shouldn't have been watching. And when you're watching sports or something, and we were just apart until we fell asleep. Now it's no, kids go to bed, we're downstairs, we're together. We might be watching a show while we work, or we might be actually watching a show, or we might be looking at some YouTube videos and things like that together. But we spend our time together in the evenings. And that's, that's huge. There's one night a week is Wednesday night. You've got game night with the boys online and I've got self-care night. Mm -hmm. That's the one night a week that we do not sit with each other. And everybody can find their own rhythm and what works for them. I think we're all different. It's just find some kind of meaningful time to connect and talk about real stuff. The other two hours that John Gottman talks about is admiration and appreciation. So that is daily compliments. Doesn't take much. He estimates 
probably close to 30 minutes a week. Really doesn't even have to be that. It could be little things. It could be bigger things. It's just some sort of sign. It's verbal and nonverbal communication to one another that I admire you. I appreciate you. The fifth one is affection. And so that is more of the physical part. This could be something like a goodnight kiss at night. It could be rubbing each other on the back in a supportive way. It could be hand-holding. It could be whatever you want it to be, some sort of physical touch. Because one thing you have to remember, and I know Allie, and there's probably a lot of other men and women out there that need to know this, the physical part of your relationship is one of the biggest things that separates your your intimate relationship from every other relationship you have you are not roommates you are not friends you are not just family members but you are partners together and a big portion of that that gets overlooked now is the physical part Mm -hmm. so there would be days like people don't actually physically touch each other for the whole day i mean if they do it's very brief and i know people are busy But for goodness sakes, take the time, take a second. To touch your spouse. (laughs) Touch each other a little bit. I mean, babies literally have to Mm -hmm. be touched regularly or they get sick and they have problems. Like, Mm -hmm. we need physical touch. That's a way we connect and communicate. So to keep us moving, just a reminder, communication can be verbal or nonverbal. You create these habits, you develop them, and over time you'll notice a closer connection to one another. And when you're not doing it, a big gap can start to form, and you may not even realize it till it's too late. So a few tips. Be understanding of someone else before seeking to be understood. Freely communicate admiration and appreciation. Catch your partner doing something right and compliment them. Don't always point out the negative things or something they did wrong. Practice gratitude regularly. Turn towards your partner not away. We, we tend to turn away when we're angry or something. No, turn towards each other. Talk about it. Also, remind yourself of each other's positive qualities. Again, this can happen through time where you forget about the reasons that you're together in the first place. What did you like about each other? What attracted you to each other? Some of you have probably heard about the book by Gary Chapman that discusses the five love languages. We've gone through the book together and can say it makes some very good points. Just a brief overview of the five love languages and their descriptions are, the first one is words of affirmation, saying supportive comments to each other. This is my love language. Secondly, quality time, spending meaningful time with your partner. This is a very high priority on Ben's list of love language. And Because you can have multiples, not just yeah. one. Thirdly, gifts. Giving thoughtful gifts, big or small. This is neither of ours <laughs> love language. No. Acts of service, doing helpful tasks for your partner. Again, this is a nice thing to do. It's not necessarily one of our love languages, but it might be someone else's. And lastly, physical touch. Significant physical touch with each other. This is also very high on Ben's list of love languages. And tends to be high on a lot of guys lists out there and keep in mind this isn't just the sexual part it can be part of it but it's not the only part learning these love languages can help with communication and expressing or experiencing one's affection to another 
Chapman explains the purpose of each language and shows you how to identify the one that's meaningful to your spouse. Usually, you can tell what someone's love language is by how they express their love for you and by how they communicate. All these languages are important in their own way, but one may not be as meaningful as another. For example, if someone is buying you gifts a lot, mm-hmm. your spouse or something buys you gifts a lot, and you're like, why do they keep buying me stuff? Like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. want this. And that might be their love language. So in a right. way, it's it's like a hint. It's like a subconscious hint Yeah, that, we, that might be their love language. Yeah, we may not realize we're, we're doing it. We took the test together, and you can find these online. And we are very different in how we perceive and express our love for each other. Like we said, Ben is physical touch and quality time, and I'm more of words of affirmation and a little acts of service. How does this affect communication? This can be verbal or nonverbal. I need words of affirmation, and that's very verbal. But there can be ways to affirm or support me with physical touch as well. Physical touch is not just about sex. That's for the next episode. Right. (laughs) This is part, but not all of it. And we continue to make the mistake of communicating our affection to each other in our own love language. That can also cause a lot of damage because you, you can not only want to express your love language in a certain way, but when it's not being received, and in fact, even if it's being rejected, that can do a lot of damage to someone who's trying to reach out and make a bid to each other and it's not being received. That can be, that can cut pretty deep. We went through some counseling ourselves, as we said, and it certainly helped our communication. And we definitely realized there were areas that we were ignoring and we needed to improve. Some of these tools that we've mentioned did help, but we had to go apply it. We realized that our lack of good communication skills with each other was having a big impact on other areas of our life, including our work, our relationship with our kids, our friends. People can really overthink communication or they can just completely ignore it. A misnomer out there is that marriage and relationships are hard work. But really with a little bit of thought and effort, if you do it right, it's really not that hard. You just may have to take a little bit of time and be intentional about what you're doing. I think if you're with the right person and you set yourself up, you actually will enjoy doing these things with each other. We really enjoy each other's time, mm-hmm. and that's something that we're very proud of. And we, we lost our way a little bit, and I think we had to do a little self-discovery. We had to learn a bit about each other. We both had to want to improve. It's not a one-way street. Just keep in mind that communication affects how safe and secure you feel in your relationship as well as your level of intimacy. Since communication and intimacy are connected, take time every day to really listen to your partner, have the courage to ask open-ended questions rather than making assumptions, and make sure you understand them. So over time, you will find that you feel closer, you argue less, and you feel much more satisfied in your relationship. For this week's call to order, go online and take the five love languages test. There are many versions out there, but use the one that deals with romantic relationships. You may even surprise yourself. Take the time to look at what your languages are and what your partners are so that you can figure out how to improve your communication 
and the connection that needs to be strengthened. If you're ready for your marriage and family dynamic to thrive and not just survive, all it takes is 20 minutes or less joining us each week. It begins with a journey of self-improvement while you sit in the carpool lane, commute to work, squeeze in a workout, or get halfway through folding that laundry pile. Be sure to check out the blog at thefamilyorder.com and follow us on Facebook at The Family Order. If you're ready to start your journey, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss new episodes every Monday.